My name is Irene Kelleher and this is my first play, Mary and Me. I'm Paula Meehan. I wrote the poem The Statue of the Virgin at Granard Speaks. So this play was inspired by the Anne Lovett story. I was 15 years old myself. I was in junior cert and I remember our English teacher told us the story of Anne Lovett. And I think because I was that same age, I was a 15-year-old girl myself, the story really affected me and I was just imagining this girl on her own, frightened that she'd nobody to turn to. And I remember sitting there in the classroom with tears coming down my face, trying to hide it because I was a very self-conscious 15-year-old. And I remember going home, asking mum and dad, do they remember this? You know, almost um, enraged, how did this happen? And the story just always haunted me. And what kept coming back to me was, why did she go to a grotto? Anne Lovett died in 1984. And I suppose from that moment, the shock of that moment, it sent shockwaves through certainly everybody I knew in one way or another, whether they were prepared to talk about it or not, because it felt like that act, that moment uh, of our realisation of how we were failing each other. Uh, under the under the guise of being a caring and Christian society, we were actually closing our eyes to people's pain and suffering. I started it in 2016. Um, there's a fantastic facility in Cork, the Triscoll Development Centre, part of Kirkadurka, run by Pat Kiernan. And they have a fantastic initiative for new writers that you get to show work in progress of a play that you're developing. So I did a week with director Belinda Wilde and we worked on it. And then we did a 20 to 25 minute showing at the end to get feedback. And um, from that week on, I really decided to make it my own story. So although it is inspired by the Anne Lovett story, it's very much a work of fiction. And it was at a time when there was so much crazy stuff going on, like the troubles in the north where, you know, every day the newspapers live on television. It was that time in the 80s. The statues were moving. There was religious mania going on, mass hallucination, or if you believe, signs from heaven. So it was a really strange end of days feel about the place. The Eighth Amendment to the Constitution had passed in 1983 and I always see that as the kind of pre-shadowing of a lot of things that uh, went haywire in the culture around how we respect each other and mind each other. So I came back from the United States in 1983 into that growing landscape of what I felt was um, institutionalised misogyny. Um, I thought the country had gone mad. I had been a graduate student in poetry, uh, living, you know, that intense life of the graduate student. And I came back to Dublin. I found that heroin had hit big time the poorer communities. I found the build-up to the referendum. I found all these things that were really disturbing me as a citizen. And I had some of the distance to bring home with me, you know, the way you arrive back home after journeys away with new eyes. And it just seemed really surreal. And so Anne Lovett's death really was against that backdrop. I'm from Ovens, uh, which now would be a bit more close to Ballancolly, getting closer to the city. But back then was very country. Primary school was very rural. And 
I think maybe in every town, in every rural town in Ireland, you, you'd see the same kind of characters and it's very hard to have privacy. Everyone kind of knows everyone's business. But at the same time, you can feel very alone if you have a problem. The characters in it are, they're not based on any specific people, but they're inspired by the kind of people you'd meet in every in every rural village. So the poem didn't come immediately, nor did it come easily. Um, I moved in the mid-80s up to County Leitrim and I was trying to write that landscape. Uh, I'm a city person. I was born and raised here in the inner city in Dublin. Um, and I was trying to write a landscape without writing the pastoral of the, you know, the 17th, 18th, 19th century. You know, how do you write about this this beautiful countryside, our own Lake District? So it was against that background, too, of me trying to write that landscape into being. So there's a grotto in Ovens, and I remember getting my communion photo there. It was a very, um, it's, it's next to the church. It's very open. It's not like where I'd imagine the, the grotto to be in Mary and me and abandoned that to be quite quieter and more private but there's a, a grotto in every in every town I also had a huge ethical issue uh, Anne Lovett's death so close to the time of the poem um, was still very very raw very brutal in the imagination and there was a sense that how do you draw the line between what is private grief of a family and a, and a community, because I would totally respect that. Uh, and my need as a citizen and a poet to to make, uh, to use the materials that seemed to be handed to me to use. So that was, you know, normally in a poem, your, your uh, considerations and your anxieties are often about the aesthetics, about making a good poem that will survive and carry what you need it to carry. But this time there was a real ethical issue and I sat on a, the finished poem for a long time. Because the subject matter of the play is quite dark, I was very definite that I didn't want it to be hitting you over the head with a tragedy because I always think comedy can be a great vehicle to get to tell a really tragic story and I decided in that very early on in the stage and it's comedy is what I love as well. Um, obviously it's not an out and out com comedy but there's moments of lightness and as well as that I didn't like the thought that, that she's just this poor dead girl or this victim. At one stage Hannah Brennan was a really vivacious, lively 15 year old that wasn't perfect. That was So that's all in it. I think the seed that kind of revived uh, the anger and in a way manifested it in another generation was the death of Savita Halapanavar. And I know I was asked to come and read the poem at the March for Savita. Now, I didn't read the whole long piece that you are hearing now. Um, I just read the last piece where she says, on a night like this, I remember the child who came with 15 summers to her name. Because I think Savita's death really kindled this anger and allowed Anne Lovett's death to transmit across to another generation because people began to speak of it and began to speak of a, a litany of tragedies around women and their reproductive rights. So I think that in a, a really strange way, I, I honour Anne Lovett's name uh, 
because I think that it was that spark reignited. The statue of the Virgin at Granard speaks. It can be bitter here at times like this, November wind sweeping across the border. Its seeds of ice would cut you to the quick. The whole town tucked up safe and dreaming, even wild things gone to earth, and I stuck up here in this grotto without as much as star or planet to ease my vigil. The howling won't let up, trees cavort in agony as if they would be free and take off. Ghost voyagers on the wind that carries intimations of garrison towns, walled cities, ghetto lanes where men hunt each other and invoke the various names of God as blessing on their death tactics, their night manoeuvres. Closer to home the wind sails over dying lakes. I hear fish drowning. I taste the stagnant water mingled with turf smoke from outlying farms. They call me Mary, blessed, holy, virgin. They fit me to a myth of a man crucified, the scourging and the falling and the falling again, the thorny crown, the hammer blow of iron into wrist and ankle, the sacred bleeding heart. They name me mother of all this grief, though mated to no mortal man. They kneel before me and their prayers fly up like sparks from a bonfire that blaze a moment, then wink out. It can be lovely here at times, springtime, early summer, girls in communion frocks, pale rivals to the riot in the hedgerows of cow parsley and haw blossom, the perfume from every rushy acre that's left for hay when the light swings longer with the sun's push north, or the grace of a midsummer wedding when the earth herself calls out for coupling, and I would break loose of my stony robes, pure blue, pure white, as if they had robbed a child's sky for their colour. My being cries out to be incarnate, incarnate, maculate and tussled in a honeyed bed. Even an autumn burial can work its own pageantry, the hedges heavy with the burden of fruiting crab, slow, berry, hip, clouds scud east per-scented, windfalls secret in long orchard grasses, and some old soul is lord to his kin. Death is just another harvest, scripted to the season's play. But on this All Souls night there is no respite from the keening of the wind, 
I would not be amazed if every corpse came risen from the graveyard to join in exaltation with the gale, a cacophony of bone imploring sky for judgment and release from being the conscience of the town. On a night like this I remember the child who came with fifteen summers to her name, and she lay down alone at my feet without midwife or doctor or friend to hold her hand, and she pushed her secret out into the night, far from the town, tucked up in little scandals, bargains struck, words broken, prayers promises and though she cried out to me in extremis I did not move I didn't lift a finger to help her I didn't intercede with heaven nor whisper the charmed word in God's ear on a night like this I number the days to the solstice and the turn back to the light O sun, centre of our foolish dance, burning heart of stone, molten mother of us all, hear me and have pity. I think this poem now, it's time to put it to bed, as it were. I feel that I was never terribly comfortable saying it. I always felt at the root of it that strange grief for the girl and that feeling of using, exploiting is the word, really. And I know as artists we do that. That's what we do. We use whatever we have to make the work we have to make. But I feel with my own advancing age, I'm in my 60s now, I'm in my third age, and it's a fabulous time for me. And I feel with the recent advancement last May of the repeal of the Eighth Amendment, I kind of feel like I want to close a door on certain old material and just let it sleep and rest in peace, as it were, and open new doors out into maybe new adventures and maybe even new struggles and campaigns, though I'm taking a back seat on any kind of campaigning now for the rest of the year and I'm just staying in cahoots with my muse to make beautiful lyrics just for their own sake. <laughs> 